0: Welcome to the Transformation Leaders Podcast. I'm Tony Lockwood, and I'm delighted that you could join me on this latest episode. Each episode takes the form of a discussion with a leader who openly shares their experiences of leading organizations through the transformation journey. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We're always interested in hearing from you. So what do you find useful from this pod? What do you want us to explore more in the future? Please do let me know please do press the subscribe button. It helps us to reach more people and share the experiences from all of my guests. My guest today is Stephen Mageris, Managing Director of Esplio Technology UK, a technology consulting partner of choice for innovative companies seeking to create value through their business and IT programs. I'm sure that you're going to enjoy this episode, especially the feedback from the Business Transformation Index Research that Expleo have recently completed. So let me introduce you to Stephen now. Well, hi, Stephen. Um, welcome to the Transformation Leaders podcast. Uh, it's great to have you here. Um, on these podcasts, we always start in the same way uh, with two 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 questions, really. First one is introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about you, your background, um, and, and I suppose how you moved into the sort of world of change and transformation.
1: Sure, and thanks Tony, really good to join you this, today. Hey, my, my name is Stephen McGuinness, I'm the MD of Explio Technology in UK, which is part of the larger Explio Group, a Global Engineering Technology and Consulting Organization. Uh, we're operating over 30 countries with about 15,000 employees, and I'm also a secondary role as the Head of Energy and Utilities for Europe. Um, My own background is founded in the technology industry. I started as a software engineer and professional services consultant, working in the US, UK and Ireland. And i worked through the account management and commercial route to become MD here in the UK three years ago. Explio Technology is a digital transformation consultancy. So that's where we're involved in change across British industry. So we work with many large companies in Britain and global uh, companies from Britain on large transformation programs, and that's where our, our sort of key insights uh, into change come from. As a company, we've also done recently done the Business Transformation Index, which is a global index, um, a research index to allow us to give insights to industry on
0: business transformation. Well, I want to cover that in, in a little bit more detail, actually, as we, as we progress. Uh, The second question that we always start these podcasts with, though, is how do you define transformation? Because what we find is that different people define it in different ways. So it's good just to put the context for the conversation ahead. So, yeah, how do you define transformation?
1: Sure, absolutely. I would say one definition of transformation is to change completely. My personal understanding, our sort of view on transformation is from a business perspective that it's a transformation and evolution that organizations take from their business or operating model really to break new ground, to innovate and give an advantage. Um, And in the current world, it's probably to introduce that sort of business agility into their organization.
0: Yeah, great, great answer. And and, and sort of following on from that then, um, how do you think that business leaders need to change sort of in, in the future? To, to, you know, to, to drive this level of transformation forward? And, and, and certainly a lot of that will be digital transformation. So in your experience with XBO, you know what, 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 what changes are you expecting leaders to have to make over the, over the coming years?
1: If we start from the top down at a sort of executive level, it really is to have a culture of change within the organisations. So a growth mindset from the executive suite downwards into the organisation and from our Business Transformation Index, it, one of the key areas is that the bolder division the for the organisation, the more successful the transformation will be, but also that it's enabled with um, the key sort of skills within the organisation that both the resources with the right skills are made available, but the capacity is made available within the organisation. Um, that they're willing to adopt new ways of working and look at sort of operational process um, improvement through things like automation. Uh, And probably the last point is that they also are willing to lean out on expertise from outside industry, from consultancies and other organizations, taught leadership organizations.
0: Yeah, yeah, great, great three points, actually. So so just going back to, I suppose, you, you mentioned a couple of times now the business information index that you, 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 you've, you've started. So, what were the what were the key findings in that that, that sort of came out of that first uh, that first index? Sure, it was. I mean, it was a consultation with
1: about over 1,000 representatives across UK, France, Germany, Ireland, and the US. About 71 percent were C-level directors. The key drivers for them, the areas for improvement that they want to focus on, were driving customers customer experience was the number one, looking at increasing productivity, transforming the ways of working, obviously increasing revenue and profits, and really bringing innovation and agility into the organisation so that they could adapt to the market and their customer needs to be more customer centric. They were probably the top five key findings of the Transformation Index.
0: That's that's interesting though, isn't it, that the number one was about that customer experience um, and and all too often, I've found in the past that the customer experience is the way to drive increased revenues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, if, if you're running some type of survey, usually other things come, come 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 top of mind before customer experience. So it's interesting that in in, uh, in your index that, that that came out as number one.
1: Yeah, interestingly, ourselves, we work across a broad sector of industry from uh, financial services, energy utilities, retailers, uh, in transport and defense, Uh, predominantly in the business to consumer facing industries. It is the customer experience that enabling the organization to sort of get closer to the customer and get loyalty from the customer is one of the key aspects of it.
0: Yeah, um, and what, what what are you finding? Um, are the key themes that um, organisations are, are sort of following now to to um, to drive that greater level of customer experience?
1: Um, I think it links back again that one of the boldness of the vision that you're trying to introduce business models or operating models that really enable product features for customers. So uh, if we take a look at something like the retailers that everything that the digital experience is very fluid um, obviously that the speed of it as well from a delivery perspective is fluid but for some of the larger organizations even simple things like being able to enable a returns policy so we work with one of the largest fast fashion companies in the UK and uh, they're going through a large transformation program at the moment and they're both implementing a new digital interface with the, with their customers, but also overhauling their internal ERP system to enable that whole customer centric flow from the order through to the warehouse and back again to the customer and the supply from their own suppliers internationally as well. Uh, we work in the energy industry, for example, and one of the key areas at the moment is the ability to switch. So, both working with the retail energy companies, but also working with the main market providers um, on the balancing code and the actual settlement codes, we see from an experience where customers want to be able to switch energy. Obviously, with the crisis that's going on at the moment and the energy prices increasing, the ability to switch, they don't want the delay and they want the smooth experience in it. Um, and that probably one it helps if they've got good customer experience with an energy retailer, but unfortunately for the retailers, having a smooth switching experience also lends itself to the
0: customers switching. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, um, my career was in banking originally, and um, that whole concept of switching banks was, was historically an absolute nightmare. And, and a lot of the times the banks sat behind that because it was so difficult for people to switch. They didn't have to really worry about the, the, the risk of people switching. Um, but then there was a process that was put in place to make it much easier. And suddenly banks were much more keen to ensure that the customer experience was a lot better because it, it, it the, the process of switching became a much easier process.
1: Absolutely. And I think in banking, especially with the digital banks we see at the moment, the adoption rates would have gone much, much higher, enabled predominantly by that sort of. The, the digital transformation part where historically dependent on the age group, people would tend not to go with a digital bank. Yeah. But as we moved through COVID into more of a cashless society, using a card became normal for almost all age groups. So there, the ability to sort of adapt to a different bank that might have a card only, no account book, no checkbook really
0: has changed over the last 18 months to 24 months. No, absolutely. So, so, you know, we've identified a number of key themes that are coming out as being important. Um, once we've, once we, and, and, and you, you know, you, you've also said that um, one of the, one of the things that came out of the index uh, in, in your experience is, is having that really bold vision for the future. So let's assume that we've got that, we've got clarity, we've got that bold vision. One of the um, key Elements um, of a successful transformation. Do you think? What, you know, what are the the absolutely essential elements that you need to have in place? Um, one is the, the, sorry,
1: the sort of I mentioned it before: the vision and the culture within the organisation, the ability to change. Yeah. The second that we've saw seen is that the, that the budget is available and fully committed, so that it's fi- it's it's financed uh, with enough capacity to be seen through to the end. Uh, enabling the skills within the organization is probably the third one. Um, implementing automation to help people free up people's time. So from non-critical tasks to more value-added tasks is also one of the key findings within the Transformation Index. Um, and one major one was to be able to monitor and measure quality through the, through the transformation. So both from a program assurance perspective, but also from a testing perspective where new technologies that put in place to enable digital transformation that we saw, we have the Business Transformation Injects talks about starters, strivers and stars. Right. And the more that the people invest in the program, the more they invest in the quality of program, the more likely they are to become stars. And the stars we've seen had increased profitability over a five year period.
0: Yeah one thing that you've just said though is really interesting though, because in my in my experience, one of the major challenges of of any change initiative, big program, big transformation is accessing the right people, the subject matter experts, and bringing them into the program um, and and relieving them, I suppose, of the day-to-day jobs. and 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 that's always a challenge because that backfill capacity is, is isn't usually available. But the fact that you were saying you've been using, looking to use automation to do, uh, to, to, to release time, that they can then start to focus in on the, on the, on the program, the change program, the transformation. What, 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 what sort of things do you, you know, what sort of things have you done in that automation space to release that time from those subject matter experts?
1: Sure. Uh, Within Xcleo, we have a specialist um, service, which is process automation. It includes RPA, robotic process automation and automation from a testing perspective within large programs, for example. But in the process automation in general, um, we see both across um, telecommunications companies, energy companies, financial services companies, transport companies, for norm for normal day to day operational tasks that m- might require data entry and a process flow through the organisation they can be replaced with digital operatives so robots that can be programmed due to do um, the processing probably with more accuracy and more dependability Uh, than a human probably in most instances but it frees up the the employee then to work on more strategic tasks within their department or within their division so it is an enabler for transformation programs where you're reducing the dependency on your employees on day-to-day tasks and freeing them up for change programs
0: so do you find that that's a, a key differentiator for you when you go and talk into organizations that actually you know, one of the pain points that an organisation typically have when they're trying to drive through a big change in transformation is that lack of resource or that availability of resource. So by going in and talking to them about understanding that that is an issue, but actually we've got a solution here that can maybe free up some time, does that give you a key difference? Yeah,
1: absolutely. We can take a practical example. We've worked with a number of telecommunications companies where the speed of change in telecoms and media is extremely high. Um, They're also early adopters in the market, so they typically will have ongoing change programs. So the ability to free up business users uh, to participate in the programs is critical for them. Bringing in outside help can help from a change perspective and a transformation leadership perspective. But knowing your business, knowing how the business operates, knowing how to ensure that a change is right for the business requires those business users. So we will see that in the telecommunications companies, tasks like customer uh, records and updating customer records may be automated, Uh, especially in the finance area. We'll see that large processing tasks and data processing tasks will be automated through uh, robotic process automation. And in across the company, they'll look for different areas where they can introduce process automation in order to free up the business users to participate in the program. And we've seen an increased spend in process automation in companies such as the telecoms companies, the energy companies, banks, retail companies. So it is increasing at the moment. The digital operation operations workforce is on the
0: rise. Yes. And and, and do you get pushback from 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 the from the from the business people? When you're when you're suggesting that, you know, you can put automation in you know, any change, you know, the first thought that most people have is what's the impact upon me? You know, I'm just thinking if we're going in and saying, actually, we've got to do this big transformation, we need you to get involved in that pro- uh, project and we need to release some time. Is the is the do you get any pushback or do they you know, is, is it is it? Oh, well, that's great. I'm getting rid of my the, the stuff that I don't perhaps enjoy doing. I'm, I'm able to move towards this this good stuff. Or are they do they go beyond that to say, well, that's my job? So what what do sure. I come back to?
1: Really good question. I think I'll use an analogy as well in it. Uh, do we experience resistance to change probably in the very early stages? But as a consultancy, one of the things we train our consultants is the ability to engage to. Um, explain to the client what the benefit will be of the change. So typically we'll encounter some resistance to change early in the process, but when we show the benefits of automating a a regular task, I wouldn't say a mundane task, but in some instances it can be. The client typically, the business staff within the client begin to see, okay, that's taking away a a task from me. Who likes to enter their expenses in business it's one of the key points that you try and outsource probably within your administration and staff at some stage. And even for yourself outsourcing, but for the administration staff, if we could automate that process, um, which is happening at the moment with digital expenses, it, it's taken away pain and mundane tasks from people. And that's probably one of the ways that we influence when we're getting through changes to influence
0: from the on the benefit side. Yeah right okay brilliant and and so how do you go about so so you've you've obviously you, you're going in now you've started to have that clear, clear vision that big vision you've started to release people from um the day activities so that they, they've got the time that's required to to get involved in, engage in the transformation program what other th- Things do you need to have in place to sort of establish those right conditions? What, you know, what, what's been your experience of getting those, the, you know, the right conditions to allow momentum to be gained within the transformation and ultimately successful outcomes?
1: Probably one key um, success factor, I think, is that it's there's a proactive management of the transformation within an organization. So many organizations will define that we're going on a transformation journey and delegate the transformation to individual departments or divisions uh, and expect that they'll be able to do both their day-to-day operation tasks and the transformation task, where we've experienced that if you put a transformation team in place, for, It can be a mix of both internal staff and external uh, expertise from change management consultancies or technical consultancies, that having that transformation team that helps and supports the employees in the transformation is a key part to help that growth mindset and that overcoming resistance to change within an organization. But it also helps them to reach milestones. And a key part is that as you go through a transformation, which is typically over a large number of months or years in some instances that you you recognize the milestones and celebrate the success in order to embed the change within the organization make incremental gains learn from it adapt on the program and continue to embed the change and the new operation operational ways of working and business ways of working in the organization
0: yeah it is that that communication and as you say that celebration of success so you can actually demonstrate momentum is being made and progress is being made Uh, especially as you say on those multi-year transformation programs where at the start it can look so far away into the future actually getting people um, energized into taking those first steps can be really challenging
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, the traditional and the core underlying foundations are that you deliver on time, you keep the budget, and you get the right quality. But there is a huge amount of organisational and um, support that has to go around a, tra- a major transformation program to enable those three key outcomes to be achieved.
0: Yeah, and and we all know, you know we know the stats. And our and many years ago said seventy percent of. Transformation programs or change programs fail on one of those things, whether or not it's time, whether it's budget or whether it's benefits, you know, um, actually getting all three of them in place, less than 30% of organizations do that. So that's, I suppose, one of the catalysts for for running this podcast, really, to try to bring out the things that have worked really well for people in so that you can start to embed some of these ideas into into the next change program that you run. um. So going back to those longer-term ones, and I think we might have touched on it, but I just want to go a bit deeper. Sure. You know, the, the, the key is ultimately to deliver value, however you define that value, um, but it's about delivering outcomes. So, and over the long ones, how do you, you know, what, what types of things do you put in place to really ensure that that, Value is demonstrated as you go through quite a long uh, a, a long transformation program, especially within the digital space that you you, 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 you sort of got the foothold there.
1: Sure. Uh, I think one of the key p- parts that we saw was that 51% of, uh, of organizations still think that with a large transformation program, a methodical approach will ensure success so while you need agility with the ability to learn and adapt within the program having a well defined methodology for the program and managed actively as i mentioned before proactively through a transformation team it has a huge impact on the program um, having the uh, again having the executive sponsorship and the board level commitment to the program reinforces um, that that the the implementation of that approach Um, and then having the capacity from both from a budget perspective and from a resource a business user's perspective within the organization with outside help are are the key enablers of that of that program as
0: well did you say 51% then
1: yeah so just a slight majority.
0: Yeah, I'm quite surprised that it is, is as, as low as that really. I suppose the, the, the next question was, what did the other 49% do? So
1: it was um, probably related to risk. Right. So 49% where let's fail fast and failed often and learn right. versus the 51% that couldn't afford to fail in certain mission critical uh, customer facing applications so that a more methodical approach was uh, was deemed better um, to be applied especially on something that was a major transformation to their business or operational model
0: yeah yeah that, so that that fail fast much more sort of that innovation type of mindset um, and let's try something let's 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 get rid of the stuff that's not going to happen so we can concentrate on the stuff that will actually make a difference yeah 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 that okay brilliant um We touched on it earlier that, you know, resistance to change, change can be quite stressful for people that are running the programme, but probably more so for people that are in receipt, shall we say, of of the outcomes that the programmes are uh, set out to deliver. What sort of things do you do within the firm to manage the stress of your teams? But equally, you know, in the wider context, what, what types of things do you do to minimise the stress levels within organisations that are uh, undergoing significant change? Sure. I
1: think we can use our own example. We are going through a transformation within Explio itself. Um, Previously, we were standalone organisations in the areas of engineering, technology and consulting. But we came together under the Explio brand and we're one integrated company now where we combine the services and the teams in a matrix structure to bring the best of the capabilities to our clients. Um, th- that change is initiated, is ongoing and is embedding within the organization. Um, it, has cre- it creates levels of discomfort like any change does when people are saying, what does this mean to me? What does this mean to my role? How am I going to be affected by it? So I think very clear early communication of the vision, uh, communication down at a team level, a division or a team level of what the impact will be for them, supporting them with any training or with any processes that need to be enabled to help them to go through the change, and being able to mark milestones of when change is reached and being able to celebrate that as a success does create, reduces the level of stress within the organization and sort of increases the level of embracing of the change. There's very practical things as well. Um, Obviously over the last 18 months, things have changed significantly. So working from home has become a major um, part of business life and been able to operate a hybrid working model for employees really does reduce their own personal stress from a commuting perspective, but it increases their sort of flexibility on their own time. So that's been a change in itself for people to get used to, a change in a way of working with each other, in a way of working on teams and trying to build um, rapport with new employees or with new teams over a uh, virtual communication. So even in that instance, providing and support to employees with a flexible hybrid working model, which we do ourselves here in Explio, enables stress levels to be reduced so that when you're doing a broader change transformation program, that they can feel supported by the organization as they go through that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, though, isn't it, that I I totally agree with you in relation to uh, what's happened over the last 18 months. But um, there's more and more conversations I'm having with organizations at the moment where actually what they the organisation wants to move back to more of an office based type of um as as, as a hybrid yes but with the focus being more office based than a home base, and that's creating lots and lots of stresses for people that have now got used to the freedom they you know the fact of you know they got more home life rather than work life and that's creating some new type of stress for for, for organizations and individuals.
1: Absolutely. I think it's well documented in the business papers um, of the different uh, thought processes on it. Many, many of the big global companies, especially in the tech area, are saying that we're doing a full working from home policy, remote working policy. Probably people in the more B2B and B2C area are starting to reflect on it. My, My own personal view is that where teams are working on the deliverables that are um, probably packaged that they can work on them as a team remote working can be fully enabled or hybrid working can be fully enabled I would have some empathy with some of the business people that say okay there is a need for a closer working a office working in certain instances and I think personally that's in high context instances. Yeah. So where a team has to work in very high context to a deliverable that's in a short time frame, it does make a difference if you're if there's closeness of the team as opposed to working over a virtual environment where th- there are nuances that don't come true in a virtual environment that do in a personal one-to-one
0: environment situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um- so just finishing off, usually the, the, the final question is, is is always the same, really. What's your one takeaway? What's your one non-essential? <laughs> so, What's your one uh, essential element that you need to have in place? Not non-essential. Your, your one essential element that you need to have in place um, for successful transformation.
1: Absolutely. From a personal perspective, my own insight is that it needs to be proactively managed like I mentioned before, yeah. that it's active management of the transformation and not passive. Uh, many organizations define a vision and delegate, uh, but don't actively manage it with a transformation team. And what we've seen is that where the board uh, is committed to the vision, they enable it with a transformation team and they put the capacity and the resources behind it, they're, uh, they're, uh, their rates of success are significantly higher than those that take a more passive approach, uh, both from a boldness of vision and a commitment to the programme and a resource and budget capacity to it. No, I totally agree.
0: And, and going back to the, uh, the, tra- uh, the Business Transformation Index, uh, Yvonne, you know, can, can, can the listeners get a copy of the outcome of that? Is, is that? is that publicly available?
1: Absolutely. You can download it from our website. It's www.xpliogroup.com. And it's the Business Transformation Index. Uh, it's freely available. And uh, there's some very valuable insights for industry and for anyone undergoing or thinking of undergoing a transformation programme within their organisation. Uh, we'd encourage everybody to log on and download it.
0: Brilliant. Well, we'll put that link into the show notes as well. So uh, hopefully we can just click on it and uh, go directly to the website. With that, well, thank you very much, Stephen. It's a uh, very insightful uh, a half an hour conversation. Thank you very much.
1: Great. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate it. Um, And thanks for the insights from your side as well.
0: Brilliant. Cheers. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're interested in obtaining a copy of the Business Transformation Index, then click on the link in the show notes. The Transformation Leaders Hub is a community exclusively for those working in changing transformation. This exclusive peer group community offers unparalleled access to networking and career opportunities as well as the latest industry news and insights. So whether you're looking to enhance your reputation, expand your network, or attract your next job opportunity, TLH is the ultimate resource. So check it out today. See you soon.